What is going on, guys? So, I did not forget about the podcast. Don't worry. I know some of you guys have been messaging me on social media, asking when more episodes are coming out, and there will be coming more out very soon. But this is a great episode for a podcast format. I have an interview from one of my jiu-jitsu students who recently just became a purple belt within the last year. And so purple belt is one of those very difficult belts to be able to get to in jiu-jitsu. It's kind of like a special club that you have to uh, be invited into in order to get. So I go through this interview with my student. His name is Josh, and we just kind of lay out what it was like for him to be accomplishing the purple belt and some of the most challenging times that he faced on his journey. So with that being said, I'm going to roll into the interview and I look forward to uh, releasing more content very soon. Take it easy. All right. What is up, guys? So I have a special interview for you guys today. Um, I'm here with actually one of my students who is in my online program, Mr. Joshua Daba. So he is here uh, today. Josh is actually a purple belt um, in jujitsu, just a recently new purple belt. I'll let him guy. I'll let him tell you guys about that story here in just a minute, but he actually joined my program when he was a blue belt. We'll get clarification. I can't remember if he was one stripe or two stripes. I don't think you were brand new, but he has a lot of good information that recently becoming a purple belt. How are you, Josh? Hey man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem at all. So as I kind of said there, you know, you, you, uh, you just got your purple belt where you let everybody, do you know the date? Do you know exactly when it was? Um, I actually have my journal right here. I can tell Ooh. you exactly. Um, and I think I joined your program when I was a um blue belt two stripe. Okay. Two, two or three stripe. I was like right in the middle somewhere. And I got my purple belt October 10th. Of of 2023. 2023, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Had you been a blue belt for like a little less than a year when you had joined, or probably a little over? Um, so I think from the time that I joined, I probably still had a year before I had made any progress towards the purple. So purple. I was yeah. I was right in the middle of blue. When yeah. I joined the- Good. Yeah. So you were you were coming up kind of right on that blue belt kind of blues or kind of hurdle probably in your career. For you guys that don't know, maybe you're a white belt watching this or you're a blue belt that hasn't hit it yet. The blue belt blues is usually this referred to period. I personally think it happens and we'll get, uh, we'll clarify with Josh here. I think it happens anywhere between once someone has been a blue belt for roughly could be as soon as three or four months to that eight month. Yeah. So like you hit it, you hit it right on the head. Like that's like the exact period where it hit me. Um, Definitely hit me, but it didn't really hit me at the beginning of it because I think I still had momentum from getting the blue to get me to mid blue. And then it wasn't until mid blue where I started falling off. I I was just kind of like, well, this is kind of fun. I don't really know if this is going to be for me. Um, definitely saw how much time it was going to be commitment wise to keep going. And um, luckily I had some coaches um, at the time and, and um, I definitely had you helping me. I guess, fix some of my gaps that were frustrating me at the time too. And I'm just going to preface this with saying at Blue Belt, like, I think those were some of like the hardest roles that I had mm-hmm. ever endured, like in my journey so far, um, because they are, the training wheels are coming off a little bit. Now that people are amping it up, 
Um, I don't know if you've ever driven home, uh, the speed limit, no music and just contemplating why you're even doing it. But yeah, it, it, um, it hits a little harder at blue belt. And if you're not ready to continue to reiterate your why of why you're doing it, then it's easy to fall off. If you don't have a good community, if you don't, if you're not connected well with the culture of the gym, I think it's easy to fall off. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think right around then is the time that I met you or, or got introduced to you. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, man, before I met Chasen, I was like about to quit. And so I think maybe, maybe this might be the next factor that I need in order to get past this little hump. Maybe, maybe um, you know, I can bring my questions to him and I have over the years and it did get me past that hump. And so it, it, I'm glad it provided me a safe space in order to come to, because I know I was in a, like, I was about to quit. But the fact that I was able to come to you with questions and say like, hey, everyone at my school is hitting this move. Like, can you please help me, you know? And, you know, talking with you being a black belt, it, it's a different perspective hearing it as a blue belt. I think it was what I needed to get past that hump. So That's awesome. Is that the first time you've ever like said that out loud that you were probably going to quit around that time? Um, no, I've, I've told a couple other people that okay. I was going to well, it was, it was, I, I didn't tell a lot of people, obviously, um, there was, so we had a black belt there at the time. I didn't tell him, um, but we had a brown belt as the owner and he would teach classes every now and then. And I went to him and I said, Hey, like, I don't know if this is for me. And, and so, um, we just kept talking back and forth and he was like, well, yeah, just let me know how I can help. And that's when I met you and we were talking and, you mentioned how this this program might be something that helps get past these humps whenever they occur because this isn't just going to happen at brown uh blue belt going to happen at purple belt and mm -hmm. you know, I I'm a purple belt and I still bring you questions to this mm -hmm. day. I'm like, "Hey, like how do I how do I beat this?" and and then I take it and then now I I reverse it and it it works. So it's it's just cool to see that from this perspective, but you decided to take action of somewhat and tell an actual coach, an in-person coach. And then you obviously reach out to me and you start working with me, but you actually took initiative in doing it. So you should be very uh, proud of that, but there's a lot of people that don't. So why did you? I know for me, whenever I was telling you about my struggles at the time and I was telling my coach, my struggles, um, I think, and then there was, there was some other coaches that I was talking to, like kind of debating on, like just trying to pick their brain. I didn't really tell them that I was going to quit, but mm -hmm. I was trying to get a sense of direction as far as like, like I'm at blue belt. I'm in mid blue right now. Like where, where do I go from here? Like I'm, I'm meeting these hurdles. Obviously y'all want to see the students succeed. Right. And you don't want to see people quit. So for me, that coach and then you and then some other coaches were all giving me a sense of direction of where to go and being able to have that solidified, knowing that like, Hey, I can get through this. I just need to work on this and this. I knew if I quit, I would have still been thinking about it. Mm 
to this day, I would have been like, well, like, should I have quit? Or like, could I have still, should, should I have pushed past that? You know, I know if I would have quit, I would have been kicking myself to this day. I think, I think if it's hard, it's hard for a reason and you just need to get past it. It's a great response. You know, there is a, a weird stereotype with men that, you know, telling somebody that you're thinking about quitting or something kind of comes off as being weak. I think a lot of times it's like that kind of weak, oh man, just push past through it. You know, don't be, don't be a wussy, you know, push past through it and that weakness. But I think that what you kind of laid out there that you actually reached out to multiple different people and you, you decided to seek guidance, right? So you said you gained direction, but you, but you seeked guidance, right? From individuals. Some people can do that via the internet, just by searching a random YouTube video. Maybe they get guidance that way or whatever, but you, you, you talk to individuals that sounds like gave you that direction that you needed. I think it's great to, to, that people can hear that, that basically knowing that, Hey man, like this guy who made it to purple belt, that 99% of people will never make to, you know, what helped him overcome that blue belt blues or kept him training was that he, he reached out to people and just had like a basic conversation. Let's start at that white belt journey. What made you start training jujitsu? So at the time, um, I actually was going through paramedic school mm. and I, I knew jujitsu was a thing. I'm not, I'm not that ignorant, but I had one of my preceptors at the time in the middle of the, the, um, ride out or whatever he actually trained and he was, uh, a blue belt one or two stripe at the time. Obviously I didn't train at all. And he actually asked me, dude, have you ever thought about like doing jujitsu? And I kind of just shrugged it off. Like, no, nah, not really. Like, you know, I, I almost did wrestling in high school and just never really did. He was like, well, you look like you wrestled. Did you not? And I was like, no, he's like, you should really look into jujitsu. And so I looked into it, uh, did a week free. And I think after like the third or fourth day, I was like, yeah, this is, this is something I'm going to dive very deep into. <laughs> So that's, the that's, bug. that's kind of how I got started. Yep. I got the bug very quickly. <laughs> what do you think during the, that free week of trial or four or five classes, now that you've been training for a little bit, if you look back on it, what do you think was your motivation to, to, to like, be like, I, I want to do this. Yeah. So my, my coach at the time, he was like five, six, five, seven, 135, 140 pounds. He was the black belt. And just seeing the way that he was rolling with some some of the other people, just the flowiness of everything that he was doing was just cool to see from my perspective. Obviously, I didn't know some of the intricacies of what was happening at the time, but it was still, I knew something very uh, expert level was happening. And then that tied along with the fact that when I walked in, and I think it was my third or fourth day, they, we, they allowed me to start sparring, like rolling. Um, I got paired up with this girl. She's like 4'11", 5'1", somewhere around there. 110, 105 pounds. And I'm 5'6", 165, 160, around there. And so walking in, you know, I was kind of cocky in a way, thinking like, oh, I can handle her. I can, I can, I should probably take it easy or something. And 
in that round that I rolled with her, she tapped me out like five or six times. And so in that moment, I kind of realized like there's way more to this than than is on the surface level. And so I had either one of two different directions at that point. I could either let it be something that's going to deter me from going forward that I'm not ever going to train again. Cause I was like, you know what? That was fun. It's not for me. Cause there are people like that who, who meet a wall and they just don't want to push past it. Or the other side of it was, I want to learn how to do this so that I'm this person to other people whenever they walk into a gym. And I just kept going with it and kept showing up. So it's a good story. It's always fun to hear the stories that you got beat up by somebody else. That's what convinced you. What do you think was the hardest part about you getting to your blue belt? Well, I, I guess from, from white to blue, I didn't realize that there was like a core fundamental like game that I had to learn first. And so whenever I got to my blue, there were still some fundamental gaps that I had to fill in until I actually realized, okay, this is kind of what the fundamental sphere of the foundations are. At White Belt, it sounds like you were, I don't know if this is the right term, lacking lacking some direction. You potentially didn't really know what what was basic what was fundamental and what areas you kind of need to work on. You probably just showed up and went to class and rolled around. Well, yeah. And, and like my school at the time, they didn't have a set curriculum. So sometimes we would learn basic stuff. And then other times we would learn like leg locks and Baron Bolos. And like, I didn't know where to compartmentalize some of that stuff, not knowing that like, Hey, I know this advanced move looks cool, and maybe I could put it on the shelf for like a future date, but I, I should really be focusing on this kind of stuff. So yeah, I think the I think the lack of direction was part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but once I got to blue, it kind of made more sense of what needed to be in that fundamental mm -hmm. realm and what I still needed to add to it in order to make it solidified more. Mm -hmm. I'm sure just just the other general stuff out white belt probably being calm being patient when you're rolling, not freaking out and spazzing out, right? Did you have have some of those issues too? Yeah, and and that that kind of carried me carried with me a little bit into like blue belt too. I think I was still in the in the spazzy you know, spazzy days. I think it's normal to carry it a little bit into blue belt a little bit. Um and I think people still have it like their spazzy moments or whatever, but I've noticed now like my game has transformed to where I'm very like, I don't want to call it lazy, but I'm very like, Oh, you flipped me. Okay. Let's, let's start working out from here and then I'll like amp it up, get to a dominant position and then I'll let off the gas and then I'll let them sweep me or whatever. And so it's, it's very like, I don't want to call it lazy, but it's more uh, back and forth now which which I enjoy. I like going from position to position. But but yeah, it was um it took a lot of training partners and then um it took some people I guess taking me under their wing too to be like, "Hey, like, you know, once I rolled with these certain people, I realized like they roll a certain way. Oh, they're so calm when they roll, like I feel safe. I feel like I'm not going to get hurt." And then basically trying to emulate they're rolling when I roll with them against other people.
if you could go back and give your white belt self any advice, is there something that you would tell them? Kind of what to do with that, what I just said with like some people took me under their wing. I think for me, I would definitely seek out maybe a higher belt. Uh, Cause I know you always want to ask your black belt, you know, or whoever's running your school, the questions that you have. Uh, but sometimes I guess that skill gap, that disparity is so vast. Like sometimes your questions don't resonate with the black belt. Sometimes their answers don't resonate with you as a white belt. So I think it does take finding people in the middle area, blue belt, purple belt, maybe some brown belts to be able to have a safe haven to go to, to bounce questions off of and, and really, really get into like the meat and potatoes of what you actually need to be focusing on as a white belt. Mm -hmm. And as long as it coincides with what the black belt wants at that school, um, I think that's a good direction to go because they're leaders in the gym too. Not, it's not just the black belt. So I agree with everything you said, but sometimes I know for a fact that white belts sometimes are a little bit more intimidated to go like ask an upper belt, whether that's the black belt or even somebody else, maybe they're still a little bit introverted and they don't want to be like the person that I supposed to know that I don't want to look like an idiot if I ask. So yeah. you would recommend to really get clear about the basic positions and the basic, just the, the basic movements, like the most common areas that they've probably seen. Yeah. So like, like knowing that mount is mount, knowing that back control is back control, knowing half guard, open, close guard, and then basically side control. I think that kind of encompasses all the basic positions. Cause like you have half guard and then you can go a little bit deeper into like deep half. But mm -hmm. I think the white belt level, I don't really think you need to dive into deep half. Not yet, at least until you have like all these, the the other positions kind of solidified like oh, okay i know these are the basic positions now you can start branching from half guard well now you can go into you know deep half from half guard now you can go into half butterfly and like i'm not trying to like confuse anybody but i i think seeking out those basic positions first and really solidifying those before you get to blue belt because at blue belt to purple i think that's when i was experimenting with like Butterfly, De La Hiva, Lasso, and I started really branching out on my guard games. But yeah, yeah, I would say white belts, white belts, if I could recommend anything, would be um solidifying the basic positions and guards first before you start branching out into the stuff that looks cool. So now you get your blue belt. What do you think the hardest part about blue belt was? Oh man. Um <laughs> I, I know for sure what my answer is on this one. So I think when I got my blue belt, I didn't realize how much people were letting me work at white belt. I didn't realize how easy people were taking it on me at white belt. Um, and then I got the blue belt and it just seemed like I just got pushed right back to rock bottom because, you know, you, you just got a new belt. Now there's a little bit of a bigger target on your back. And now whenever you're rolling with people now, I guess the upper belts don't want you to think that, oh, just because you got a blue doesn't mean you're, you know, you're, you're all that, you know, that, and they, and they kind of put you in your place a little bit. I just didn't realize to what extent it was. And then even like getting my purple belt, I know we're talking about blue, but it's happening again at purple belt. Cause I just got my purple belt like two, two and a half months ago. 
So I guess it's just realizing that there's levels to the game and then that for me to not get so caught up in like the hierarchy of like who can sub who or whatever, like a lot of the times if you're white or blue, people who are higher belts are going to let you work. And I, I think that was the hardest thing for me at blue because purple started like amping it up on me. And then brown belts, like from brown to blue, I think brown belts have a little bit more of an opening now to like, you know, because you're supposed to have the fundamentals down at that point. So now they can have a little bit more free reign on you as a blue belt. When you say that that's, that was like the hardest thing. I know that they're probably rolling with you harder is not necessarily the right word. I mean, they probably were rolling with you harder. Was it like that they caught you in more things and they added more pressure or like what, what was actually going on that made you realize that? Um, I think the tightness definitely tightened up. Um, I think the pressure was a lot more. I think people were hitting different stuff on me that I had never seen before. Um, cause I'm sure like if, if, if I, if I were to go back and like, you know, if I was a white belt and some brown belt or black belt hit some, a go-go plot on me or whatever, I'd be like, Oh, what is that? And then if they tell me, you know, I might go after class, go to YouTube and be like, Oh, how do I hit a go-go plata when ideally I shouldn't be looking up that kind of stuff as a white belt, you know, I mean, maybe. Maybe if that's like in your curriculum, but um, yeah, I just noticed more pressure. I noticed that the intensity went up. I noticed people were getting quicker and stuff that I thought was working at white belt um, was really just them letting me work. Like I had to dive deeper into, okay, why doesn't this work now? I have to start really starting to troubleshoot. You're accurately describing is where I think some people feel like that they're either not ready for their blue belt or that they're actually going backwards. But in reality, it has nothing to do with you. Like as the individual, it's not like you actually got worse, but it has to do with everything else that happens outside of that. And and don't get me wrong. I think it's a, it's a, if anyone is listening and they do experience that like dip in progress, or I'm going to call it, um, I think that's probably one of the best compliments that you can get from an upper belt or somebody who's better um, is that them them having to amp it up more. I think that's probably one of the best compliments that goes unspoken a lot of the times because you know that now, now they have to dig deeper into their tool belt in order to submit, you know. Now they have to press harder now because you actually can escape some stuff now and you can counter some stuff, so... Um, yeah, just keep in mind, I think that's a really big compliment if you start feeling that. They're called growing pains for a reason. It's painful to grow, okay? It's not nice pains, it's growing pains. So he actually has a very good point when he says that if an upper belt starts putting more pressure on you, you felt like you did better with this brown belt when you were a white belt, but now that you're a blue belt and this brown belt feels like they crush you 10 times harder, that's a good sign. That means your jujitsu is actually heading in the right place. It's painful to grow. It, it sucks to have all these new problems and variables being thrown at you that you've never seen before. You kind of described that a little bit whenever you said uh, 
you know, they're doing moves on you that you've never seen before and hitting techniques and increasing their weight distribution or they're moving faster. It's well, yeah. And now that I'm like into like further along into my journey, I'm realizing that a lot of it isn't really learning the width of techniques. It's not learning more techniques. It's just learning techniques that go so deep that when you bring these people into your game, okay, like maybe you researched, you know, four steps deep into this, into the defense of this. Well, I've researched five steps deep. So as long as I can bring you into this aspect of my game, I know that I've dug deeper in this aspect than you have. It's not, it's not that I know different techniques or I know this technique or this technique. I think that was a big pivotal point from blue to purple also. Once I got to purple, it was like a a light bulb went off saying like, okay, maybe I don't need to add more techniques. Maybe I just need to get more proficient at the ones that I'm already good at mm -hmm. and, and bringing it back to that game. So, um, so the advice part, what would you give yourself advice on as, as a blue belt to make that time easier? Cause obviously you overcame very challenging hurdle, but is there anything that you would like give advice on or do differently? Um, I think for me, it was, um, I, I would definitely tell myself to find a mentor who, who's an upper belt, maybe, um, you know, maybe an instructor for me, it was you um, to find that person sooner. Cause I think, I think had I met you at the beginning of my blue belt, I think maybe I would have uh, not had the hurdle that I had. I think I probably would have encountered it and maybe not had so much pushback into the quitting realm i think maybe if i had gotten your perspective of like hey maybe try this try this try this and i did and something actually worked it probably wouldn't have pushed me into the realm of like oh maybe i'm gonna quit maybe it's just like a problem solving thing of like okay um i'm gonna have these issues going forward i need someone to be able to walk me through how to problem solve some of these. Cause you're, you're, you know, you're in Oklahoma, I'm in, you know, Texas. Um, and I can't record my roles every single time. Um, but I know sometimes you do look at my roles and you're like, why did you do this? You should do this mm -hmm. instead. And it helps. It definitely does help. Um, and I think it's honestly given me an edge over uh, other people. Cause I don't think other people take it as seriously as I don't want to sound arrogant, but I think I think I take my jujitsu very seriously, and I want to fill in these gaps, and I don't want to. I want to be able to handle everybody on my mat, and you and you you're not at my school, so like there's no there's no competition thing here. So mm -hmm. when I come to you with questions, I think it's easier for you to, um, maybe give me some of those secrets. Mm -hmm. So that I can, you know, take them to my school and be and and try them on people and see them work. I'm like, oh man, this works. Like this is cool. So, um, and I think that just reinforces the funness of jujitsu. Yeah. When I can have a problem, maybe I've tried to work it on my own and it's not working. I bring it to you, and now I take it back and it does work. And so, um, yeah, I would I would say get a mentor.
I've always be curious though, if you would have found me before you would have been at that point, do you think you would have valued as much as I would have, as I said, though? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know that I would have, because I, I would have been like, oh, well, I have a black belt here. Like, you know, um, or that's not a, or that's not a problem. I'm not experiencing that issue yet. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. Cause once I got the blue belt, that's when the issue started coming up. That's when the issue of, like, oh, these people are going hard on me now. Now I really need to answer some questions mm -hmm. like that. I didn't have a white belt. I, I think, I think I met you at the right time in my career mm -hmm. in order to push me past what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, um, and the reason, had, the reason, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I had, I had good coaches and I had multiple coaches. Like some coaches came in, some came out. Um, they came in for a little bit. They moved to a different state. So like, I, I didn't really have like a consistent coach up until like now, mm -hmm. like now my black belt, my black belt's been there since the opening of this school. Like this is my black belt. I know the heritage and all that. And so right now, if I were to go to him with a question, obviously I can get a certain perspective but it helps to have another perspective because like you said, there's so many different ways of doing things that never hurts to have a second opinion. Absolutely. There's a lot of you guys who are maybe you're listening or what happens is that you haven't hit that wall. So what I mean by this is like, I've, I've had this talk with students before and uh, maybe I should change my approach, but they'll be like, Hey, um, Coach, you know, I just got my blue belt. You know, is there anything that you recommend for me? And I go, yeah, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> They're like, what is it? I'm like, well, whenever you get your blue belt, or you know, you could focus on moves and, and all that stuff, but you're going to hit a point where you're going to be like, why am I doing this? I'm going to want to quit. And you're going to be questioning everything about it. You're not going to you're going to think you're going to, you're going to blame everybody. You're going to blame your coach. You're going to blame your training partner. You're going to blame the tooth fairy. You're going to blame everybody for like not showing you a good enough move, or I'm not training at a good enough school, or I don't have good enough training partners. But really what that is, is that you just haven't experienced that level of frustration yet. This is the first time you've experienced that. And so you're trying to justify all the reasonings for feeling that way. But just know it's normal and it's a good thing. Just prepare for it. And I think there's a lot of good benefit of knowing that. No one told me that. No one sat down and said, hey, by the way, this is going to happen. But when it happens, that's actually a good thing. Just come back to me whenever you experience that and we'll, we'll have another talk. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And oh, so it's right on the head. Right there. Yeah. And so, and so some people, um, until they've experienced that now, by the way, for you few out there who never have experienced this at blue belt yet, I have seen this happen at purple belt or like even Josh mentioned earlier, you go through it again. Right. So it, it and, um, I've seen it a few times actually hit purple belts harder than when it hit them at blue belt. 
So there it will continue and it continues even at brown belt. I can speak on this, but and black belt, there, there, there will always be times where you're like, well, wanting to quit maybe is not necessarily the right answer, but you get very frustrated. You get very frustrated. You get very annoyed um, with your progress for whatever reason that is. And so you get better at, at troubleshooting and figuring it out over time. So I'm just telling you guys, if you haven't experienced this yet, if you're a newer white belt, you may not have experienced that you're in the shiny eyed, starry eyed, excited eyed phase. Everything's great. Jujitsu. It's all can't believe I would, I would never quit this. I would never quit. Oh my God. I'm jujitsu for life. Get a tattoo of jujitsu on your head, you know, all that stuff. And then, and then, and then you hit that point. And then uh, it's usually around, like we said, the blue belt blues, but occasionally it can happen at some other point. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think, I think every, every belt milestone is going to have its like starting at blue, obviously like, and I can say blue and purple because I'm feeling it again at purple. Um, does it feel but as yeah, intense? Does it feel as intense? Yeah. Um, it feels more intense from the purple belts, brown belts, and black belts. Let me back up. What I mean by that is, does it feel as intense internally like that, hopefully, that you don't want to quit? But not, like, is it, like, as frustrating as it was as blue belt? Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, um, so yeah, at blue belt, I think... You, you still really don't know how to problem solve some of the stuff that's going on. Maybe you still have a lot of gaps in your fundamental game. I think at purple belt, hopefully at purple belt level, you're, you have enough fundamentals and you have enough like mindset to take that, take what happened and just say, okay, I just need to run it through this process. Like I did at blue belt and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll have a solution at the end of the tunnel. And so I don't I don't think it's as intense as it was at blue. Um, I think at blue right there is where now you have white belts gunning after you because they're testing themselves. You have blue belts trying to, you know, climb up that internal hierarchy. You have purple belts who can now not take it easy on you because you're not a white belt anymore. And then you have brown belts who are just close enough to where now they can they can play with you more. And it, I, I think blue belt, you're just in a really bad spot. Like it's yeah. Coming from all different directions. The urgency is very high. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because so like so, so like with me being at purple, like if you know if someone if a white belt just saw me get my purple, yeah, they can try to amp it up on me as much as they want. Um, if it's someone my size and you know my age or whatever, um, I'll know how to handle them pretty well, even if it was a blue belt. Um, you know, it it that's what I'm that's what I was talking about earlier when I said I felt it more intense from like the upper belts now. Mm, but mm. but in terms of getting past that plateau, um, I think the more intense one was blue belt. The original question with that though was is if you would have appreciated that advice or taken that advice when you weren't struggling as a as a blue belt. And uh I think that's the same thing as a kid. I think until they sometimes go through it, they don't know that they need it. Yeah. I, I think the way that you phrased it earlier was, was correct by saying like, Hey, when you hit this wall, then come talk to me. Mm -hmm. When you said that it kind of resonated. Cause like, since I didn't hit that, like, had I not hit that wall yet and I didn't know what I was getting myself into, I don't think I would have appreciated what you were saying. I probably mm -hmm. would have shrugged it off and been like, no, I got a black belt. I don't need this. Like, <laughs> 
Um, sorry, just just being honest. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I think because I was going through it, and I had a way, I had a way now, I had a solution that I was like, okay, I can bring you my questions, whatever it may be, whatever guard, like, and then now I can go try it in in sparring. So I got two more questions. One. We talked about why you started training, like what your original reason for walking in the door was. What do you think keeps you training now? Um, this is very different. Because, because initially, you know, it was it was altercations mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. self defense. I got to learn this skill set, but in theory, you've accomplished you. There's always more, but in theory, you you could do that to ninety nine percent of people out there at the skill that you have right now. I, I think there's a there's a perfectionist um aspect that comes with jujitsu because it's so vast and there's so many different rabbit holes you can dive down and then each rabbit hole goes so deep and it's like I think there's a perfectionist aspect to jujitsu because there there's a there's a want to master something, you know, there's a want to become at that black belt level. Obviously like once you get to black belt, you're still adding more into the toolbox all the time. Um, not to say that when you get to black belt, you know everything, but um, I, ho I hope, you know, but I think there's a perfectionist aspect to it. And I think at this point, you know, if I've put in this much time, like, why would I stop at this point just to come this far? I, if, if I've came this far, I might as well do this all over one more time and get to that black belt, which I think was one of my goals at one point in my jiu-jitsu journey. It still is. Um, but if I if I can just do that again, then why would I not just do it? What do you think it would mean to be a black belt? Like what do you think that would how would that change anything about your life? I know that's a weird question to ask, but just think like in the sense of personal development or life development, what do you think? What do you think that would do? So I guess from my perspective of like, like coaching and stuff, I guess at that point, mm. coach your black belt at that point. And like, if you wanted to move somewhere else and you wanted to start a school under their name, like you, you definitely have that reign to do so. I think at the black belt level also, um, I think it just carries a lot of authority, you know, um, not that purple and brown belt, and blue belt don't they they each carry you know authority in some aspect even white belt again if even if you're a white belt like the fact that you even came into a gym and decided to do something that you know is probably going to be hard is an accomplishment in and of itself and so i don't know i think at, at a black belt level um i i, I think it's just the accolade of having a black belt in jujitsu <laughs> i think because people like i I hate being so like matter of fact about it, but like people build it up so much so that like whenever you get it, I think it's a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think that's partially my answer, but I don't think, I don't think it's bad to be, you know, a lot of people call that like a selfish answer, you know, but I don't, I don't think that that's, that's bad. I mean, everything you do in life is, normally from a selfish perspective i mean we could probably find everything you do is from a self self perspective and so there are ways to i think put that into positive vehicles that open up your life you know some people do selfish things like 
drugs or drink alcohol. And that's obviously a very negative aspect. You're just putting your selfishness into, oh, I want to be a jiu-jitsu black belt instead of, oh, I want to drink or smoke or do all this other stuff all the time. That's pushing that direction. You know, it's moving toward more of a positive, if we want to call it that. And there's the teaching aspect to it too that I touched on. But I think for like you and me being like smaller grapplers, I think that that's a, a, like, I don't want to say that it's, it carries more weight that we're smaller, but I think it, it does carry a little bit more weight because now you can, now people have a tangible thing that they can see saying, Oh, if Jason got the black belt, if Josh Mm -hmm. got the black belt, like, and you know, a woman comes in and she's the same size, same weight or whatever, then she knows that she can do it as long as she puts in the work, the effort, you know, the the blood, sweat, tears, all that, like, Mm -hmm. It it is, it's within reach as long as you just get past those humps. I don't know if inspiration is the right word, but it's like a model. It's like, oh man, if they could do it, you know, I could do it. It's like a living example, you know. Yeah, exactly. Also, also, just I was to say this to you, big guys out there, can you really let a small little guy like accomplish something that you couldn't do? Like, I mean, come on now. So like. I, th- I find that funny because that's kind of it's 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 discouraging to those kinds of people that like give up on it like that. You know what I mean? So all those positive reasons that you're like inspire those people. It's like it makes those other ones be like guilty, like, oh, man. So but, but here's, <laughs> here's, here's, my, here's my caveat to that, because I don't want to like like alienate anybody. I, I have had some people come into like our school at white belt and blue belt level who unfortunately quit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you like you can see their potential in a, in a grappling perspective. And you know, if they stuck with it, they would be a dangerous, dangerous Mm -hmm. Mm belt. And it's unfortunate that these people quit, but at the same time, like it's so cool seeing, like knowing where their trajectory could go if they just continue with it. Cause they could be very dangerous. We got some, we got some white belts at our school who, if, if they stick with it, they're, like they're going to tap everybody out. Like Josh has a uh, YouTube channel. What's the name of your channel? Um, the YouTube is Daiba Jiu-Jitsu. My last name, Daiba Jiu-Jitsu. A um, little over a th- thousand subscribers. Just trying to still get the, yeah. <laughs> just still trying to get videos out there. But yeah, if y'all can give me a follow. That'd be awesome. I've, I've made some appearances on there, but yeah, check it out. Do you have plans to... Uh do more like I know you posted a blue belt it's just funny that we're having this interview because you posted one about blue belt or whatever advice for blue belts but is that kind of your goal with that is to grow it into more kind of some what of an advice or advice type channel like yeah speak like on I experiences I don't know if I'm gonna ever like be a you know a Pan Am you know ADCC mm-hmm. you know competitor at that point um but if I could just help people get over these humps like you've helped me like i think that's the overall goal i just the jujitsu needle to go forward absolutely and i think there's certain things that i could bring to the table too so hopefully i can just stick with it if i'm going to do this for 10 years 20 years 25 i might as well track my journey and at least try to give something back to it so i don't know i might be the i'm not going to claim to be this because this would be kind of egotistical but i'm going to give the the joe rogan advice here of what he does with everybody everyone starts a podcast but 
looking back on my own journey now, like I didn't start my channel until I was a black belt. I think I'm pretty sure I was a black belt when I started that channel. I did not document a lot of my journey besides just photos and stuff like that. So now with YouTube, like if you're a, um, an aspiring blue belt or a purple belt or something, personally, the, a, a guy being in the YouTube space, if you want to kind of call me that personally, I think that there is a thirst and a desire for people who are also experiencing that same struggle at the same time. And since majority of the population is blue belts and white belts and stuff and purple belts, like you sharing that experience at the same time as everyone else is going through it, I think could be very, very valuable is what I'm trying to say. So I feel like coming at it from that angle, like I can't, I can't do that angle. I'm a black belt. I can only talk about like when I was, you see what I'm saying? But then there yeah. may be some authority yeah. that I just got past it, you know? So. Yeah. So, but there's some authority that I can obviously maybe speak a little bit better on than, than you can in some aspects. Right. So it's just different phases. So if I was a aspiring person like that, who was wanting to do a YouTube channel or not be what pan ands, but I was maybe just wanting to do something in jujitsu, that's maybe the route that I would go. Cause that's what I would do probably now. It, the problem is like everything it's, you don't feel like you are the, you don't feel like you have credibility to do something like that. Any final words, any other advice that you have for anybody? Um, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. I, I think it I was mean, a, a good, good interview. I think if you're somebody who, um, who definitely takes your jujitsu seriously, um, just knowing that you can reach out to someone is definitely one of the pivotal aspects of, um, you know, flipping your game and and actually driving it forward instead of just being complacent with where you're at now. Yeah, you can you can do what you said, just ram your head into the brick wall all you want. You'll you'll eventually get there. But I think you want to streamline that process. And like you said, tailor a certain thing. Like I still come to you with questions mm -hmm. like to this day. I'm like, hey, I recorded this, like he did this. Like, how do I get past this and we we troubleshoot it and it it, and it helps me so yeah, yeah. i think if you definitely take your jujitsu seriously definitely reach out well thank you sir i appreciate it uh where where, where do you train out of so if anyone ever wants to come see you yeah so i'm in uh new braunfels at extreme martial arts under chief garrett pool awesome. um and then we're under a, a machado affiliation so if you know anything about that um yeah, definitely stop in. Um, we offer free classes. And uh, yeah, it'll, if you're ever in the Broncos, let me know. Awesome. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and end it here. See you, everybody. Awesome. Bye.